Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show is one of my favorite people currently living, Todd Sayden. Or Sidon? Sidon or Satan? Sidon. Or Satan. 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 Todd Satan is here. Whatever you Satan, <laughs> Sidon, whatever you want to call me. I like Todd just, Satan, actually. Just don't call me late for just, dinner. Oh, Jesus. How do you like that one? So Todd and I have been friends for a while. We became much better friends within the past two or three years because he was nice enough to meet me every morning in uh, walk-slash-run Bayshore. Uh, he, as we'll get into uh, a little bit later, uh, has a very interesting story. He has uh, occupied two different worlds in his life, and right now he is a picture of health he's a physical specimen he's a he's a well-oriented uh nice young man nice young jewish man but uh he, he has a history to, to talk with us about so thank you for coming on the show what <laughs> what Did you say young <laughs> actually it's a it's a very uh big day for me is it not yeah. because of this something else uh, is happening uh, yes i had a colonoscopy appointment Did you? <laughs> Did you? i didn't actually have the colonoscopy yet <laughs> Just the appointment. Just the appointment. Nice. And uh, you say that I was a picture of, of health, but uh. when I, when they did my blood pressure, uh-huh. it was like 150 over 100, which <laughs> is high. And I'm like, of course it's high. I'm like, because you're always a, in the red. You're no, just I'm angry like, I'm at the making life. an appointment to have my anal probed. You know, yeah. of course that's yeah. going to make yeah. me nervous. Yeah. So. If it's for leasure, it's a different thing. But yeah, for, my heartbeat would go up anyway <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> different reasons entirely. That was the that was the big thing. But no, I I turned fifty uh, about a month ago. You did? Yes, I did. I didn't realize. I I thought I you had that, a year or two left to go. No, I am that old. You were I am great. That, well, thank you. Have thank you, been, you have you done any races since the whole COVID thing started? No. Okay. It was canceled. Now for my fiftieth, I was going to go to Idaho mm-hmm. to do an Ironman. Right. And they canceled that like in May. That sucks. So you, you're been, still running and training though, right? I am. Yeah. I am. I was pretending that the race was supposed to be this weekend, actually. Oh, really? No, June 28th. You look lean and mean. Well, you're looking thank good. thank you. Well, thank you. And how's your hip doing? Um, my hip is doing well. But so I, Todd had a, right, right towards the beginning of our time together training, he had a hip replacement, which uh, laid him up for a little bit. But he, literally like six weeks later, you were back on Bayshore, the uh, yeah, walking fast, trying to get running again. Well, it's a the, it's amazing. Yeah, the, the technology that they have. But if you go in in shape, like I mean, I was young when I did it. Like you walk into the waiting room, they're all like 70, 80 years old. Right. So very. They didn't even have to put you under. They just gave you like a no, couple did. shots of tequila and right, right, right. Started the drill. No tequila, but yeah. yes, they just yeah. really, they they offered it to me. Yeah, yeah. I said no. I want to watch the whole thing. So uh, fifty. Uh, when when where did you grow up originally? You're from up north, right? I grew up on Long Island. Wow, Strong Island, Island, New York. Strong yes. Island, Long yes. Island. I was and, in uh, the mean streets of Roslyn Heights. Nice. And how long did you live there? Uh, Eighteen years. So you legit grew up in yeah. New York City as a kid. You you know. Well, you want to say New York City, but it was it was yeah. the suburbs. Yeah. You know, we were legends in our own mind. Yeah. But, you know, it was like, uh, let's see. Our heroes were basically the Beastie Boys when they were first coming out. Right. You know, so growing up, we all wanted to be like them. You all had your uh, parachute pants on and your trucker caps and your... 85, 86. Like, I actually went to the license till... You've had a lot of 
pretty interesting concert uh, experiences. Yeah. We've talked about those at length. Maybe we can talk about them. Again. I was at the Beastie Boys Run DMC concert at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that's How do you like that's that? a crown jewel. That and didn't you do one genius. of the lot uh, not Lollapaloozas, but like the Woodstock's or what was the one the big festival that you went the to? The one that burnt down. Yeah, that, yeah, Woodstock '99. Right, right. That was uh, yeah, that was an experience. Wow. Uh, was that like Limp Biscuit and it was, was it Rage Against the Machine? I forget. Oh my God! Yeah, Rage Against the Machine. It was Limp Biscuit, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Kid Rock, Corn. Um, what a surprise yeah. that burnt down! I, I wouldn't, have, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't expect the the fan base for those bands to. Uh, well, you know, Rage was coming back, right? They were doing yeah, concerts, yeah, yeah. and uh, I think like I was thinking about going up to Pennsylvania because my buddy got tickets. Um, but it got canceled. You're talking about back in '99, or the ones that they were just the ones that they were oh, doing a reunion. God, yeah. There's a there's a vi- uh, concert video you can find on iTunes called Live at Finsbury Park. Have you seen that one? No. So they had this weird thing where uh, I just got that banner, by the way. Um, oh, nice. Uh, I got that from Microgroove Records. But anyway, uh, they for all that don't know, since this is a podcast, he's pointing at the Battle of Los Angeles, Rage Against the Machine right. poster. Which is one of the greatest albums. Yes, of our all friends, time. our friends at Microgroove, uh, Keith Olray auctioned that off, and I, I couldn't say no to it. But uh, anyway, so the live at Finsbury Park, uh, it was London or England's Got Talent. Whoever the winner of that one was was getting close to having the number one single in England, and this couple said, "Rage Against the Sh- Machine should be the number one single in England." So. They the the band said if you get us to number one like and this is like decades after their last <laughs> album was out we'll come and give you a free concert and so they they put them above that England's Got Talent artist and they came into this concert you got to watch this because I mean in, in the age of COVID that crowd is just bananas I mean oh wow yeah it would be a a, a, a world ending event if that crowd so it, it just happened no 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 this was this a while ago t- right. 2010 yeah, yeah well. I'm just saying but. Now looking at those crowds, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a I different perspective. I don't know how they're going to do it because yeah. even at like, I used to go to, I went to Livestock a couple times. Yeah. You know, the Livestock one in, the one had all Swanee. sorts of good viruses going around. Yeah, anyway. but it was, I mean, it was like a drug induced, yeah. you know, complete weekend. But yeah. with the mosh pits and everything like that. But even with Woodstock '99, because of the heavy metal that was going on there, I call it heavy metal. But yeah. you know, the hard rock and the thrashing music and. You know, during the day, it was kind of chill with, like, you know, they had Willie Nelson. I saw him live. Yeah. You know, he's smoking a doobie up there. Yeah. And it was just, but at night, it really did get crazy. Yeah. With the mosh pit and people bleeding on each other. And, yeah. You know, so. Pretty gnarly. I don't know if they can still do those concerts anymore. I, I had Tom DeGeorgian, who uh, owns Crowbar, and he's talking about kind of what his new world looks like. And it's going to be different for a while. So, I don't maybe, know. I don't maybe know. they can put him in, like, those big bubbles. Like the ninja big bubble. Well, things, I saw you know? I saw there was a video or a picture Mosh on bubbles. Facebook of uh, like a CrossFit class, and everybody was in their own like clear tent doing CrossFit. Oh, that's <laughs> annoying. Yeah, <laughs> Todd Todd is very easily annoyed <laughs> by things. So I'd be like, I'd be like, no, nope, sorry. But, so anyway, so eighteen years old, and then where'd you go? I went to school in Binghamton, soon State University of New York in Binghamton. Okay. And now, I know you have a brother. Area. Is it just you and your brother? Or do yeah. You? Okay. My you brother miss... lives in Albany. That's where my dad's from. I right. love Albany. So upstate yeah. New York, he ended up there. Yeah. And uh, I actually went to SUNY Binghamton, graduated there, then lived in Utica, 
and hung out for a few years. Like I knew, I kind of knew I was going to go to law school, but I needed to decompress. And I was so. How did you know that? Like, why? How did that? How did that seed get planted? Um, basically, well, the saying is, if you don't know what you're going to do in life, just go to law school. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, just, just get some get some more loans on you. <laughs> Wait it out. I don't know. I just seem to enjoy the uh, the aspect of it. I mean, I definitely had a, a an awakening when I became a lawyer, but I enjoyed the pure argument and I don't know so much. A little bit about helping people, uh, a little bit about you know the fight, the mm-hmm. argument. You're uh, politically the, oriented. I mean, yeah. we spent a good deal of time. But that that oh. trans, you know, that, that, that over transition time grew. over time yeah, as yeah. well. When I was in law school. And I don't know if it, it was... Where did you go to law school? Cooley Law School okay. in, in Michigan, though. Okay. And when I was in law school, I was a little more... Although socially, I was liberal, definitely partying and drinking yeah. and stuff like that. But as far as my views were, it was a little more conservative. Right. Like I was even thinking about becoming a prosecutor, yeah. from all things. Yeah. Um, I knew that that might not be a reality if they drug test, but you know that that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that mentality. Yeah, I would have become a prosecutor. So then my first job out of law school was with a small firm. Like the guy who I was living with, um, his family owned a firm down in Michigan, and I ended up working for them. And they were did defense work, and the way they work it in Michigan, especially when you're they have district court and, and circuit court and district courts are in separate courthouses, right. like all scattered throughout the counties. And the police or the officer in charge shows up at every court appearance. Right. And just talking to these cops and reviewing, you know, their reports and everything, you know, I, I don't know if it's relevant now. Now, I'm not taking a stance on what's going on now. Right. Okay, because I do have an opinion on what's going on now. Yeah. Well, way back then, there were bad seats. Yeah. And there were people... Who were officers lying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the more you were a defense attorney, the more you realized the games that both the defendants. It's not as one sided as people like to think that it might be. And the cops play. Yeah. I was just, you know, I had Brian Scriven on yesterday and we were talking about how uh, those buzzwords or buzz phrases that we find in every police report, how they're just very, you know. Yeah. Well, smell of burning marijuana, bloodshot, glassy eyes, that sort of thing, you know. I'm not even I'm not even concerned about DUI. I'm concerned about the cases that are going to put people in jail and prison talking, for a I'm very just saying, long time. I think when you are doing that job after a while, corners can be cut and some people oh, yeah. some people are better about it than others, but you can find yourself years in looking back on who you were when you started the force and finding that you're a different person. Yeah, so I transitioned to definitely more of a defense oriented um, person, because to fuck with somebody's liberty, yeah, I mean, to lie on them, there's yeah. nothing worse than that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you do family law, I work with attorneys who did family law, you know, it's all bullshit. We know that, yeah, you know, yeah, you're messing with people's money and kids and stuff like that. But I would tell you, 9.9 out of 10 times, these parties are the ones that are bringing upon yourself, yeah. Now, when you're, dealing, of their own. when you're dealing with, with the law. You can you know, be completely. I mean, with criminal law, it's like, whoa, yeah. you're planting this stuff on them or you're violating their personal liberties, you know, stuff that is enunciated in our Constitution. Yeah. So that made me not want to be a prosecutor 
anymore. So what was your first job out of law school? It was basically with a small firm as a defense attorney. Was it really? Mm-hmm. And did you do law. the public defender at all? I did when I moved down to Florida. Okay, so you worked with a small firm up there first. Yep. And how long did you do that? Um, probably about a, a year and a half or so. And even that's an interesting story. I don't know if you want me to get into that. Get into but, inter- I love interesting you know, stories. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm a Jewish guy, and I was a young Jewish guy <laughs> back in, what is it, uh, 95, <laughs> 96, who knows? No, but seriously, the, my good friend, huh. uh, his name was Khaled Sheik. Okay. Okay? And that's who I basically, when I went to Cooley, I moved into a house, and there was Khaled and his buddies, older guy going to law school, reinventing his life from a social worker turned lawyer. And I liked the guy. We partied together and everything. His family had an established firm down in Michigan, down in, in Macomb County. Right. So I decided to get the job down there. Well... I'm working with them, and everything is going well, and they have a younger brother. Well, the younger brother went nuts one day or something like that. Now, mind you, I had a deposition. I don't think I've ever heard this story. Yeah, I had a deposition set up with Ford. The in-house counsel for Ford was Mm. coming to my office. In Michigan, and, you know, Motor City almost, yeah. Right, a whistleblowing case. So we're just going to get some money out of it, you know? And... um, I get back, and the office is in shambles, and I see the younger brother in the back of a police car, like face all bloodied, and he's putting the middle finger up at me, right? Right? Yeah. And then I walk in, and this is like 98, 1998, and I walk in, and there's a, a swastika. sticker. Wait, in, a SWAT? Swastika. sticker. Like Nazi swastika? Right, okay. in blood on my wall. Holy shit. In my office. Right. So here I am, a year and a half out of law school. Right. I mean, that's stress enough. Was he crazy I, or was he? Yeah, he went crazy. Okay. I, and they're Muslim. Oh, wow. You know, not that that's a problem. The family member of them? Yeah. Like oh, he wow. went, literally, he went crazy and did this. Oh, wow. And I didn't feel comfortable working in that environment anymore. Yeah. Because when I got back, you know, out of the depot, you know, the office was cleaned up and they're like, you know, you're not going to say anything. You know, they were trying to whitewash it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, man. This is not acceptable. Right. You know, this, I can't, this, we're not being protected here. I love you guys. Like brother and sister. Like, Do you ever hear from them anymore? Do you ever? Uh, no, Khaled has since passed. The one who did that? No. Oh, the, the younger brother. Okay. But Khaled, my friend, has since, since oh, no. passed. Yeah. Um, well, he was Indian. Okay. And they, and his father, you know, they just notoriously have bad hearts and stuff yeah. like that. And, uh, you know, basically he, yeah, he passed a few years back. But I, after this happened, I really did not maintain too much right. contact with him. So did, then did you come down to Florida from then? Or? No, I tried doing it on my own up there. And it just, the vibe wasn't good for me anymore. I had no family, no, you know, no real friends to speak of. And I always liked Florida. So I took, and my dad was down here or whatever. So I took a vacation down here. And I was just like, you know, I'm not even 30 yet. Right. And I said, fuck it. Beaches, I'm, bikinis. Well, sun. I was golfing a lot. Oh, well, there you go. You yeah. know, and I yeah. was like, oh, I'm just going to I'm just gonna go day. down. I'm going to get yeah. a corporate job. I'm going to golf, make lots of money. Meanwhile, yeah. I don't play golf anymore. But, <laughs> but you know, that, was, that sure. was the goal. So when to answer your question, long and short, whatever, is I, when I first got down here, um, before I was able to be licensed with Florida, the public defender can hire you. Right. So Dillinger gave me a job. Okay. Oh, so you were in Pinellas. I was in Pasco. Oh, why did that guy? Yeah, exactly. I think you know a guy, a Newport Richie or Dade City. I was in Newport Richie. I'm sorry. 
I hear that. And, I, although uh, I would be sorry if it was Paul Fermati was my uh, okay. was my chief. Okay. And a lot of them became judges from the office oh, that I worked a, with. It's a, like yeah. Candy Vandekar, she uh-huh. became a judge. Wandsboro became a uh-huh. judge. Um, you Are know, they all contemporaries of yours from when you were there? Yeah, we had a tight little office, but you know, I was doing misdemeanors. Right. You know, here I am from, and I'm not trying to pat me on, but in that two years that I was up in Michigan, I like handled pretty. Big you cases. had a lot more experience coming in handling misdemeanors than yeah, most of the people so that are. You know. I, there I am doing misdemeanors, and it was all right. Yeah. You know, it was fine. So how long did you do that for? A year, and then uh, Julie Holt hired me um, when I left there, and I worked for Julie Holt for about a year also. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, you went out on your own? Um, yeah. Okay. So yep. what year was that about? Two thousand and three. Okay. Now, at some point during this time frame, you get married, don't you? Uh, I don't want to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> Skip over that. So, Did I? Was I married? No, you weren't married. I don't remember. I don't remember either. It's kind of blacked um, out. Yes, I got married and I got divorced. And you have a son that you love very much, and yes. he's the apple of your eye. Yes. And Actually, I'm still. Uh, I still communicate with my ex-wife and have a working relationship, so to speak. She needs but, furniture. Uh, she comes over to your place. Right, 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 right. Working relationship. We have we work together. Yeah. But it, it, well, it, you're and you're even close with your. What, what did you call that? Your stepdaughter or what? Would yeah, you, my yeah. stepdaughter. Well, she goes to UCF, right? She or did. She did. Your, yeah. your alma mater. That's yeah, right. I remember. She still does. She uses, in, uses up all your paper towels and. She's in quarantine there. Oh, is she? Yes. You she, need to be in quarantine up. At UCF. She uses all my paper towels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think now that she's living on her own, she's experiencing what the value the of paper value towel of paper is. Towel. Todd constantly bitches about wasting of paper towels, so I have I have a, a little Todd on my shoulder every time I'm at the sink in my oh kitchen. Oh my god! Yeah, well, I have a two year old and a six year old, so we go through those things like they're, you know, cleaning I up shit it. off the floor, food off the face, hands, all this other stuff. But but there's rags and stuff. I know, this this, I know. this girl went old she, school. She basically she was my stepdaughter, but she lived with me. Yeah. Um, basically, I got her in the divorce, and my my son. Um, spends majority of time with me as well, but he still spends time with his mom. Yeah. For whatever, it it takes a village, and we're making it work. But she lived with me, and she uses more paper towel than anybody. <laughs> I mean, literally for her birthday, I would buy her like a twelve pack of paper towels and the good stuff. <laughs> the, like choose not, a size where you can like. I'm talking pull them into like little, yeah, I'm talking not not you know yeah, not cheapy dollar what, general. What's the good stuff? What's that one? Uh, brawny or bounty or bounty. bounty. That's bounty, it. Yeah. Bounty. And I actually she the, must have been hating life through this COVID when all that stuff was gone. What was she, she doing? Yeah, I just she was around a in mess. her she was in her apartment at UCF, and I'm sure she used her paper towels paper towels sparingly. Well, maybe, maybe maybe this uh, has taught her a lesson. I hope so. I think yeah. it did. Yeah, she's a good kid. Though. Yeah, she's now did you kid. have to do homeschooling with your son since? Uh, I don't know what was what was homeschooling. Did you a fourteen year old doing homeschooling? Well, did he have to this look at kid? A com- this yeah, for fifteen minutes. Yeah, he'd wake up at like noon. Yeah, do fifteen minutes of work and then get back on the computer playing games. Yeah, this yeah. was like heaven for yeah. him. Yeah, for somebody who's like a computer gamer. Yeah, he loved this it. This was the best thing happening. He in loved his life. it. Yeah, so, so I know that we crossed paths uh, when you were working as an attorney, and I always. There's, there's another attorney, and I'm drawing a blank. You know who this guy is. He's a traffic attorney. I feel like he works a lot with Ty Trainer. Um, Saudi. Saudi. Ryan Saudi. Saudi, Ryan, yeah. For you and Ryan Saudi just would walk up and down the hallways with the 
look on your face like you just fucking hated everybody. Yeah. And you know, inside I know there's a there's a, a warm candy center, but the outside, man, you, you guys put off a vibe. Is that intentional or is that New York or is that where where does that come from? Uh, no, I was genuinely miserable yeah. walking those halls. Yeah. Do you know him? I know Ryan very well. Yeah. And I see from New York too. No, oh. Jacksonville. Oh Jesus! Well, that's a whole other. He's a good guy. That's a whole other situation. But, uh, but would you agree? <laughs> you guys both kind of have the same we've, way about we've each lived, other. You know, we have comparable, pa- you know, past as far yeah. as divorces and the kids and yeah. the daughter and the, and the son. But I see him around South Tampa. Um, I'm glad you got that name because I would yeah. that would have fled me forever. But I see him around South Tampa. He's doing uh, he's doing well. He works for Trainer. That's correct. So um, you. Uh, but yeah, I was genuinely miserable. You went on your own, and, and perhaps very hungover, also. Well, so can can we kind of get into that a little bit? Sure. So uh, I'll kind of start at the end and go backwards. And uh, I'm a little bit nervous because I, you know, I love you to death, and I don't want to say anything that y- you don't want me to say. But my, I'm an open book, brother. Okay. Well, uh, you're no longer practicing law. Is that an accurate statement? Uh, I am not licensed right now. That's correct. And uh, you're able to get licensed, but at some point you had to turn in your license. Would that be a fair way of saying it? Um, yeah, way back when, in the midst yeah, you, of you, my you, whole, you, you tell the story. In my midst of my whole breakdown, yeah, I, I basically volunteered to, uh, you know, take a take a suspension, and um, I just haven't re-upped back yet. And was it based on, as you mentioned, drinking or substances, or what was what was the genesis of kind of that happening? I just fucking hated this business. Yeah, and I let it get to me, man. Yeah, um, I've probably had about, I'd say about five midlife crises right yeah. now. And right now, even though I don't have everything that I want, I'm probably the most settled and the happiest that I've been. I'm not just making. You know, a, a statement because you just heard something bad. It's yeah. just truly, I am more secure with myself and happy with myself now. Yeah, I don't have everything that I want, and I do intend on getting my license back. But the bottom line is where I, where I stand right now inside. Uh, I'm happy and secure, but I was fucking miserable, bro. So when you saw me walking around those hallways, yeah. like acting, I was miserable. Yeah, and it was partly because of the type of law that we do right you know between the criminal and the family law you know this is we are on site all the time yeah we are in court we are dealing with the worst of the worst good people in the worst situation people in jail family members whatever horrible situations and i just let it get to me and not only was that horrible my own situation was horrible in your personal life yeah yeah and i was freaking miserable yeah you know and i tried to change jobs, like, you know, work with firm. Uh-huh. I tried to change geography, like move to the East Coast right. and work with a firm over there. But nothing can change how I was feeling in my mind. So and what finally was bottom for you? How did you kind of start to turn it around? Well, I'll get to But before that, so as I used to drink a lot in, in college. Right. And I drank a ton in law school and partied also, smoked, whatever. Um and as my depression, I don't know if it was depression or just fucking hatred and anger just increased, increased. So did my drinking because the only way that I can sleep at night, because my mind would just spin a million miles an hour with just right. terrible fucking things going on, um, I would drink. Right. And then at the end of the night, I would fucking probably take some NyQuil just so I can go to sleep. Right. You know? And then I'd have to wake up and, 
you know, be Get productive right. the next yeah. day, yeah. you know, and just and then start the whole vicious cycle again. Yeah. Um, not only that, I coupled that with with gambling. Like, uh, you know, I had uh, visions of becoming a professional poker player, you know, which is like demented. Especially you know, with substance issues. You know, it's to go demented. hang out in a casino for It's like demented. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like yeah. I remember one it was one Saturday, a Sunday morning, I'm leaving the casino like six in the morning and I'm, you know, one eye driving because I'm drunk. Yeah. And uh I get pulled over and fortunately the cop knew me. Oh wow. Uh, because I you know, I was in that circle yeah. of traffic and criminal and stuff like that. And thankfully this cop was like, Todd, you need to go home i don't yeah. feel like dealing with this right now yeah you know go home wow and then i went home but right. what did I, you know when i woke up again probably around three four o'clock i started the vicious cycle so i had a good buddy of mine that i used to play golf with and still kind of play golf he's a criminal defense attorney and um he basically uh 12 stepped me yeah and it wasn't done like, oh, you need help, you need help. But we'd like, I'd show up for the golf, and I'm hungover, and I would laugh about my night before or whatever. Right. But he's already been through all that, so he's like, why don't you go to like an AA meeting or, you know, pop in, uh, and see how it is. And um, you know, I tried it, and I went for, I got sober for about a year and a half, and then I was going to have a reunion with my high school buddies up right. in Kentucky. Oh man. And I, but I knew it was going to be an organized yeah, relapse. Yeah. I mean, I knew it. I was like, I'll, but when I have my reunion, I'm going to drink with these guys. Yeah. So then I drank with them and relapsed for another year. And that was like 2013. I get suspended. I'm in it. I'm still drinking. How did that, how, can I just stop you there? Because I mean, that's, that's a lot of attorneys worst fear is that happening. I mean, when that was happening to you, was it surreal to you? Did you see it as as life altering did you just kind of not give a shit was it kind of a i can honestly say i didn't give a fuck really okay and another uh i don't want to name names of attorneys but thankfully other attorneys were like you have to give a fuck yeah and eventually i i I give a a fuck fuck now but back i didn't give a fuck right i absolutely did not care well in a a weird way maybe your mind built up uh some kind of a defense mechanism so that it wasn't but let me tell you what i experienced because i know what i did to get where i am right now right which is not have a license so when people are like oh they're gonna call the bar me they're gonna call the bar me i'm like i just laugh because it's like okay what what is the bar gonna do yeah yeah you know like if you fail to file something or you know you have like a complaint you know about you know, not getting the plea that the person wanted. Right. Or, you know, something that didn't go their way. Oh, they're going to call the bar on me. I just laugh because I know what it took Yeah. for them to put me and where I am. it's not quite so simple. Yeah. No, it's pretty in-depth. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty in-depth. And I can very easily, not easily, but, I mean, I know the process to get back on the right. horse again. And I mean, but you're doing, I mean, I, I, know, I know that it, the grass is always greener, but, I, you know, I, I wanted to tell you at some point, and I, I'm, I might say it now and again, but you, of of heroes that I have out there, you're one of them. Oh. And you came along, and I'm going to start crying. You came along in my in my life at a at a point when I lost my father and then lost my mother. And you know, apart and aside from the exercise, just being able to go and run in the morning, just having you to kind of talk through those things with, <laughs> and you you know, you've experienced pretty big life events and got to the other side of it, and so what you went through for whatever it did for you, it definitely helped me. And, uh, you know, knowing that 
life isn't going to end because of X. You you go on. Yeah. You know, there's you wake up the next day. You got to keep moving forward. So I mean, well, I've come from a long line of survivors, but thank yeah, you. I'm yeah. glad my misery helped it you did. out. Thank you. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Yeah, I'm standing on your shoulders. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Look, if my fucked up life, I could still <laughs> could do be anything on to Bay help Shore. you have a better day. Look, we're on Bayshore running. You yeah. know what could be so bad? But that's the reality. Of yeah. It all. Um, but I come from a long line of survivors. I yeah. mean, you might think there are, there are some people in my family that I've are heard very, that about Jewish people. They're very <laughs> exactly. But no, there are people on my side that you are know, very I'm 10%. wealthy. Have we, I've, I've had this conversation. I with was going to say that Sheridan is a Jewish name. Well, I, I don't I don't remember when it happened during our exercise period, but we finally did our ancestry DNA, and I got ten percent Ashkenazi. I, yeah, but you're probably more. Well, you're I'll probably more. I'll take it. I, I mean, my, my my former partner Jesse Berkowitz is coming in today at four, and I I texted him. I said, "Hey, I'm ten percent Jewish," and he goes, "Well, then you." Can get that up to 15 and you kind of look like a <laughs> rabbi so well, I, yeah i got the beard going <laughs> sideburns now but the beard's going but no i mean when you when you survive a lot of different things as you go along you know you you just learn that it's not it's really not that important yeah because i would get yeah. so in my head and everybody i still get in my head well i know but you just having that gravelly voice ah fuck that fuck i mean yeah he, he's so I mean, eloquent he, he can say fuck that in 50 different ways and it's it's it it scratches the itch that you need yeah, to scratch. Yeah, I think there's a, a YouTube video or or something something out there where the where you uh, excuse me, use of the word fuck. Yeah. In like, you know, a lot of it's different gotta ways. It's got to be cathartic and and medicinal. I mean, you look at tennis players, the the grunts that they make to Yeah. I'm sure it's the same thing. No, but there there's a lot of people um in my journey and I'm not over and it's not done yet yeah. that have Influenced me, including right. our walks. I got a lot of it out of it, also. Yeah, you know, well, that I was, was around going, the time of your surgery. Yeah, that was, yeah. I, I mean, I got a. I mean, I was limping pretty bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I was struggling with pain for a long time and doing it sober. Right. Yeah. You know, you could have very easily. So, it's really six years this week, okay, that I've been dead sober. Do you go to meetings? Um, I do go to a, a Friday morning meeting, which is with a bunch of other fucked up lawyers. Right. And um, I do try to go to one other meeting per week. And you have a sponsor that you talk to and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. And I'm not like, uh, that's, not my, that's not my program. Sure. But I have had one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone has their own program. Right. So it's like anything else. You know, if, if I'm in a room and somebody says, you need to do this, you need to do that, you, and it's, it's just like, fuck you. This right. is my program. Right. I know it works. Right. Okay, now if I'm desperate... If I'm desperate, then, yeah, I'm going to lean on somebody because I need the help. So right. do I have people to lean on if I'm desperate? I do. Yeah. Um, and I can't, you know, it still pops in my head about well, I was having ask, a do you drink. Get, do you get, do you get um, enticed? Do you get scared of, of falling back into it? Does that cross your mind at all? No, nah, I don't get scared because okay. if I fall back into it, you know, I don't put pressure on myself that way. It, it's, you know. Okay, I fucked up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fuck it. No. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I think, you know, my sobriety is personal to myself. Yeah. Okay, my sobriety in my life right now is the number one thing. Yeah. So when you talk about, oh, you're going to get your license, oh, you're going to, you know, you're going to pay for this. Oh, you're going to do it. Right now, the number one thing in my life yeah. is my sobriety. Yeah. You know, oh, you're going to be like, oh, you're going to get a girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna, 
uh, fuck that. Yeah. You know, my, my number one thing is my sobriety. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, some things do sacrifice from it. Like my motivation to, uh, you know, become a, a full-powered attorney again. Because I think, part and part, this business creates that Addiction animal in creates, me. yeah. I mean, it's just like, what the fuck, man? But Everyone's fucking problems. It's like, and it always falls on our shoulders. Yeah. It's like, dude, I didn't create your fucking miserable life. Yeah. You created it. I'm trying to help you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, so if you can, maybe I'll learn to shake it off and maybe, the, you know. Well, the but I wonder if your experiences might change your perspective doing it, it might. the second time around. It might. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll get my license back, but, you know, at, at this point, you know, having six years sobriety, I can wake up with a clean head. Well, the other cool thing about your sobriety is it's not just sobriety. I mean, you've become like a full-on David Goggins-type character. You're running <laughs> marathons, Ironmans, Ragnars. Now, did you do that before you met Saeed, or did that come about through your your, he, your relationship with Saeed, your marriage to Saeed? No, that, if anyone knows, it's Saeed Ahmed. Yeah. He's a legend in his own mind. Yeah, yeah. I love him like He's older brother. than you, we should mention. Isn't he? Only by a little. Yeah, but still. He, he looks younger, though, doesn't <laughs> he? He looks like he's two. <laughs> I mean, the Indians, they look young and they die young. I guess that's the, the we, two. We go to the same, we went to the same chiropractor. Yeah. I don't go to him anymore. He still goes to the chiropractor, but that chiropractor has a man crush on him. Well, so like, how oh, could you not? You work with Saeed? Oh, he's so young oh, looking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe he's 50. He's but so is that where, is that where that came from, or did you do that before then? Um, Way back when. Okay. But I cannot, I can't say that I did it. While I was in the midst of the drinking and the gambling, because when I saw you towards the, the end of your time as an attorney, you were a bigger dude. Yeah, I, I mean, weighed about two twenty five. What do you weigh right now? One ninety. Yeah, actually, I weighed in at the. And he's got his shirt and his shorts off. He looks great. Yeah, so. I weighed in at the ass doctor today at like one ninety one. Nice. Yeah. Does that? Where's that? Where's that fall and where you want to be? Is that yeah. a good number for you? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think if if I was actually doing that Ironman. Yeah. Um, next week because it probably would have incorporated more swimming and more working out. Right. I probably would have been like at around 185. Yeah. You just, you're always Five, constantly moving. Lighter. Yeah, because you're the schedule to train for one of those is like two a days, usually is the pool in the morning and then incorporating the bike or run at night. But, you know, you know, I did, did Saeed kind of get me back into it? Uh, I don't know. But you guys do a lot of the same races now, right? Or, or uh, kind yeah, of yeah. motivate each other through shit talking well, and, and well, other things. Well, he's a lot faster. Well, but he's, he's also half your size. Yeah, he's yeah. a lot faster. But I, I, um, I did a lot of them just to like finish, and and it's also a distraction for me, and it was also very good for. Um, Has that my helped drinking. your sobriety? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, I owe my sobriety partly for the training. And you met a lot of cool running. people. I mean, you've told me about those Ragnar events, and I mean, yeah. <laughs> they're okay. No, no, there are a lot of cool people. <laughs> Some you assholes. Know, I don't see. I don't know what they think of me because you know I get in situations and and you know I like to have fun and I like to be offhanded. You know, I know that right now I can't be you know tell certain jokes nowadays and do certain things because right. people are sensitive. Right. Yeah. You know they're they're sensitive. Yeah. And I was even talking today how you know basically I've been castrated. Yeah. You yeah. know I grew up in a time like Don Rickles where we fucking made fun of everyone. Yeah. And you know, no one took it personal. I get it why take, people take it personal right now. Right. But I'm my jokes during these yeah. Ragnar runs when a little, you're in a, a, little, band, a little blue. <laughs> yeah, they're like looking at me like, what the fuck is wrong? Well, with I used you? to love it. I used to love it because between your voice and how I looked when we were walking Bayshore in the morning, oh all these rich God. wives would just be like, you know, shrinking violets on the other side of the sidewalk. Oh, I know. It's just so. like, 
you know, you walk down there and, and you see, you know, the yoga moms and yeah. everything, and then you got us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it, but even, so yeah, it, it basically saved me. Now, I started uh, with like just running a few miles and then started running more miles. And then uh, I was challenged to do like a half marathon and I did that. And I just kind of enjoyed it because it was something I can wake up for. And my main thing is like even today, you know, you sometimes I got to wind myself up. Yeah. Like you're laying in bed or you're sitting in the chair and you're just like, dude, I don't want to fucking do anything right. today. I just don't want to do it. We don't have any sports to watch right now. Yeah, so. but it's just like, I don't know, yeah. I have to wind myself up. Yeah. So what's been what helps me is if when I move my body, I move my mind. Yeah. You know, so like for instance, today I knew I had to go to the ass doctor at nine thirty, so I wasn't really gonna like wake up too early or run or anything like that. And I was just lying there. Just take a shower before. Yeah, I did, okay. but because you know nice what, you. you know what I did. I, <laughs> I looked at my lawn. and I was like, you know what, I got to mow my lawn. Let me yeah. just mow my lawn. And that basically is such a simple task. Yeah. But it like motivates me to continue in a positive direction the rest of the day. That's that's true. You you got to build up little wins throughout the day. If you can put enough little wins behind you, you can go to bed at night and feel like you didn't Absolutely. waste your day. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. You, I like, think that's an important way to look at your day in your life. You know, I I can't really remember number one uh, ever sleeping late. Ever. I mean, like... You've got that brain. You've got that lizard brain. It's just going. I mean, yeah. you're always cooking on something. You're not a low-key dude. I mean, you're kind of low-key, but you're, I, know you, I know your mind is cooking a million miles per, per hour, so... Yeah, when I don't sleep well to begin with, but I, I can't sleep late. And now that there's, like you said, there's no sports and those distractions to watch, you know, ESPN for an hour or something like that. Yeah. Um, or even the news, I kind of, whatever the deal is with that, but... I kind of like replace it now with even if it's a short run, like I call it zone two training when your heartbeat is not like you don't have to go out and sprint and win the race. Yeah. And I've learned that in my journey. Like yeah. I've I've come in last place in some of these races. Yeah. So when and one and that's on the Internet. That's proof. Yeah. So once you're coming last place in one of them, it's really like, you know. Okay. What do I have to prove? Yeah. <laughs> go but then again, I've placed and, you know, right. as it gone on. But I really enjoy the journey and the challenge. What's um, the biggest one? Did you ever do, didn't you do Chicago or Boston or one I of them? I did New York. You did New York. How was that? It was awesome. When was that? That was like four or five years ago, wasn't 2016. it? 2016. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I did New York and I actually got in with the lottery. Oh yeah, that's right. Because you can't. It's, it's not a matter of just wanting to do it. You yeah, have to, like, I wasn't fast enough to get in to yeah, qualify. Yeah. So, and I got in with the lottery, and then uh, Saeed, he didn't, you know, want me to have one over on him. So yeah. he did it, and he did it through like a charity donation and yeah. stuff like that. But we had a very good time. Our families went and made it into a huge, you know, good Event, time. Yeah. And it was it was definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. I don't know if I do it again because it's a big grind. Yeah, you know, you wake up. I was staying in Brooklyn. You know, I just the whole timing out your shit is something that yeah. messes with my mind. How do you do that? Uh, just don't eat for two days before. Or? Well, the number one thing that triathletes and runners talk about is pooping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't want to run these races with with a uh, the, uh, the full stomach. You're right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, there you you get into a swing of things like you yeah. you try to get regular yeah. by race time yeah. and you don't want to eat anything that's going to make you irregular. Yeah, heavier, so traveling traveling fucks with my stomach. Yeah. Like when I'm on an airplane, it fucks with my stomach and then I can't shit for days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so running a race after traveling is always 
uh, been quite a challenge. So it was funny. I was in, we did a, uh, like a group run in, in Montana, right? I remember this, yeah. <laughs> and this was Saeed, just like two years ago, Yeah, right? it's Saeed, Saeed's son, you know. Oh, we I went heard for, the, yeah, yeah. We went for a little, uh, you know, we were staying at the hotel, so I'm like, come on, let's go to Walmart or whatever. He's like, why? I said, because I want to get like that, that colonoscopy medicine where you drink it. It's a sulfate or something. Yeah, something, yeah. something sulfate. I yeah, forgot yeah. what it's called. Just so I, I can my mother in law uses that daily. <laughs> you know, just so I can she would shit. kill me. <laughs> so he documented yeah. the whole. Oh, that's right. The video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we videotaped the that's whole right. shitting experience. Right. So, really, that's how fucked up it, it messes with you. So, you're supposed to take that and you're supposed to, like, really have a violent fucking shit yeah. within a half hour, yeah. an hour. And he didn't. Well, I, no, I'm the one who took it. Oh, you're the one. Okay. Yeah. I'm the one who took it. And I did not. I said I probably took it around 4 or 5 o'clock, and I really did not shit until 11 o'clock at night. That's how much flying messes with me. Yeah, I, I've, I've been there too, especially long flights. Like if you're flying to Europe or if you're flying to the other side of the country, you don't know what time of day it is. You don't know if you're hungry, tired, whatever. Yeah, that's a mess. But normally what I like to do is not eat after 5, 6 o'clock if I have to get up early and run a big run race. Run the next day. But you also have to have – energy so you're you you can not just starve yourself either yeah i have a whole routine man. yeah i have a whole routine this is what i got <laughs> i got my goo Some... i got my goo <laughs> i got my 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 pills there potassium pills and then i got my little drink and i drink my drink i squirt my goo and i take my <laughs> potassium pills about an hour before the run you see i squirt my goo no basically yeah. you, you have a routine that works yeah you know yeah. and then during the run you have your little packs also yeah um, How has this whole COVID thing just affected you in general much? Or are you still going to work every day, still doing pretty much all the same stuff you were doing? We, uh, I work for a number of attorneys, but most of the attorneys were busy. Can I talk about who the attorneys are? Sure. Okay, so uh, friends of ours, you know John Hackworth, you know Brett Metcalf, you know Saeed Ahmed. So uh, they're all kind of a group of people that uh, benefit from Todd's uh, sage sage experience in, in the local legal community. But uh you know, I was somewhat heartbroken, and at the same time, it was a kind of a swelling of reassurance that there is some equity in the world when I saw pictures of Brett Metcalf's feet. Because, yes. <laughs> because yes. for many, many years, I would look at that hair and look at that face and the suit and everything, and it's just like, life's unfair. But then he posted a picture of his feet on Facebook. I was like, ah. God, I would, I would, I would love if if this was like an interactive podcast. Yeah, I wish it would where, come up on. Yeah, right. Like if you're listening to Spotify, his feet would his come. Feet up. would pop up and just, or, or be like one of those videos where someone's dancing around the last minute a ghost pops out and scares you. I mean, Brett started running again now. Also, of course, you know he's running like seven yeah. minute miles now. Yeah, the fucking yeah. Dick. He's got no fat <laughs> body. No, but he he's enjoying it also, and I think. And I, I know you, you're into, you know, the, the distraction and, and getting out. It's just good. Yeah. You know, when you're piled up with small kids, or you're piled up with the work of the day or whatever. Find that. He's Hackworth running, man. Well, you know, but he, he scares has, the shit out of He me. has to find something. You know, yeah. I think every, I can tell you that if, in order not to end up like me and to get where I am right now, in my mind, in my place, find something that you can do for like an hour or two yeah. that you do not have to be fucked with. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't go for a walk or a run with your phone and talk to clients while you're walking or running. Yeah. You know, don't go for a bite. You know, find something that you can just be re- release you for the day. Some people like to meditate. You know, I'm not that very good at it. Yeah. 
Uh, some people like to do yoga. I am completely fucking horrible at that, but I enjoy the exercise. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I, I'm trying to remember. I have to, you know, I think we kind of stopped walking around last fall. It was right around after the time my mom passed because I was dealing with all that stuff. So I don't even think we had the impeachment yet. I don't even think we had any of this other stuff yet. So uh, how, are, how are you feeling today? I mean, it, yeah, last last we spoke, my mom owed me uh, crab, crab leg. Crab shack for. Uh, crab shack because Kavanaugh did not get uh, ousted yeah. from his position. And we, he were got still, nominated. we were still worrying about what Mueller was going to do. And all, I mean, that seems like a decade ago. Well, Mueller was bullshit. And yeah. I told you that. You did. Yeah, you did. I said that from the beginning. You did. I mean, I don't know how political it gets because, you know, I am so sick of it, man. Do you, I'm just, I wake up what now. What do you think? Do you think it's another four years? No. You think he's gone? He's gone. It's, see, I, I'm hearing more of that now, but I tell you, I'm just so gun-shy because I was so sure he didn't have it the first time. You know, I was listening to all the podcasts. I was watching the 538. I was looking at all the polls and all this other stuff, and I was like, and if it wasn't for the Russians, we would have had it. Yeah, yeah. No, but, you know, because he empowered the proper people. Yeah. So, you know, the, the genius behind it all was Bannon, you know, who basically knew how to tap into. I, you haven't heard hide nor hear from him in six months. Why? He, he doesn't yeah. need to talk. Yeah. You know, he, he did his job, and now he goes away like yeah. Darth Maul. You yeah. know, he's like, Arr. But you see, I've like, succeeded. Now he's gone, you know. But uh, Mattis, Petraeus, Kelly, like all the generals have gone, you know, rogue on him. Of course. Bolton. Uh, well, you know, but and then you take it the other side. Now, if you ever Supreme talk Court. To, if you ever Supreme Court, but we know what's going to happen. But isn't so I don't know if you followed this theory today, but I almost feel like that's a good way to activate his voting base to get him another four so he can pick more justices. Uh, no, because what's going to happen is the big bombshell that's going to come out is he's not going to have to expose his taxes. Yeah. So, you know, here's the little peanuts. Yeah, you can have your, you know, the LG. So you think that's a trade so he doesn't have to give his taxes out? There's so much. What I learned from all this is there's so much that I don't know, I will never know. And and, nothing will surprise you. And I cannot. And I cannot know. Yeah. We're just lambs. Yeah. What do you think about Biden? Um... Do you think he's as clueless as people paint him to be? Do you think he's demented? Do you think he's softening mentally? Or do you think that's all just uh Biden is our man we have to vote for right now. Well, sure. But let's have a candid talk about him. Um, I He was the best choice for what we needed right now. Oh, okay. So that's what you're saying. Okay. I think that, unfortunately, um, the ones that probably could have made a difference and... Couldn't have beat Trump couldn't have beat Trump the progressives but maybe Bernie you know but I think he was just too much of a progressive I think we needed somebody to be more in the middle who do you like for VP oh god I don't know but I I told you the other day I don't know if I told you but I was listening to Mark Maron the other day and you I finally Stacey Abrams I listened to it she too. was dynamic she really was I didn't realize she was like a spy novelist a romance novelist She's a fucking genius she really is you know, and that's who I would love in there because of, of pushing, you know, modern day progressive smart ideas like a vice president should, not just a sycophant like Pence. Yeah. You know, I'd want somebody in there who can push some good ideas. Right. Um, you and know. activate that vote, too. You know, I was talking to right. uh, Brian Scriven yesterday and I was like, uh, did you see that 13th, that movie 13th on Netflix about the 13th Amendment? Uh No. Not yet. You should. You should watch it soon. But, uh, you know, for people who didn't always have the right to vote, to not 
utilize that vote now, I mean, it's like, you know, like a lot of people died for that. A lot of people got beaten up. A lot yeah. of people got tear gassed, got arrested, you know. But it's amazing that you would even see uh, the people that are able to vote don't get out and But then like Stacy said, you hear about Georgia. It's just like, That's, I mean, at a certain point, how hard are you going to make it? So you, that what she was saying, it was done on purpose. Well, for sure. Yeah, so I, mean, I don't know. Why is it not a holiday? Everybody can be off work. That's such a simple solution. And the people that have to work and can't leave to vote are the people they don't want voting. Of course. <laughs> it's just such of course. A, it's just so clear, you know? Well, it's clear, but unfortunately, 50, we, are, we are a split nation. split nation. We are a divided nation. And I have friends on both sides of, of the sphere, you yeah. know? I lean a little to the left on social issues. Um, I'm a little more middle than more to the right on fiscal issues right. now because I know that the only way that we are going to get to those social issues on the left is to become more fiscally solvent, yeah. you know, and, and if it's a matter of raising taxes or whatever, you know, or, or creating money in different ways, that might be it. I'm all for, you know, making America, you know, produce more products and stuff like that and not having to import. I'm all for, you know, terms and things like that. But when it comes to the social dynamics and, and, the diversion that, that Trump is creating with all this, it's, it's bad. Why does, why does a pandemic have to be red and blue states? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. he created it that way. Yeah. Why do you have to sit there and you, you have to contradict your own doctors when you know these doctors are saying, hey, look, it's a good idea to wear masks. Let's do it. And the, the fucking asshole walks out without a mask. He said, I'm yeah. not going to wear a mask. Yeah. I'm not going to do this. So, of course, 30% of the population, well, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. They are lined up to get into the rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma right now. Tulsa, Oklahoma said, we don't need this right now. Yeah. We don't need this. It's not a matter of Republican who is, or uh, Democrat. Who is the survival of the fittest? Who's, mm-hmm. the, who's the, the scientist that held the whole survival of the fittest theory? Oh, uh, Darwin. Darwin, yeah. yeah. So Darwinism at play, you know. <laughs> Might, like, be, might be a good idea. Have the biggest fucking thing in your life. You all cough on each other and, you know, go away. Look, I don't wish harm upon anybody. Yeah. But what might come out of this is that I would say hundreds of people, you know, get this COVID at this rally so right. they can take it as serious. Now, I don't want that to happen for sure. real. But the bottom line is a, a smart person, yeah, a smart president. Somebody who is with it and cares about people in the country would not have this rally. Have this, well, a lot of stuff we wouldn't have. Okay, exactly. Would walk out with masks on. Yeah. Okay, I made a comment. It was when they, I was religiously watching these 530, you know, conferences yeah. about COVID. Because I was truly interested to see what's going to happen. Right. Until it became, you know, a sounding board for Trump to promote himself. But it was just like, okay, we need to socially distance themselves. And then you look in his background, and, and everybody's, everybody's like got arms around each other. Yeah, it's like, what is going on here? Yeah, you know. And then we go from that, and then all of a sudden, COVID's cured. Yep, we're with all black, better. Yeah, with Black Lives Matter rallies. Right, right. It's like, wow, we're cured now. But you know, it's all fucked up. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, what's your whole view on the the police, the brutality, the protests? Do you have a I was watching CNN the other the other night, and it was Cuomo. I think I was watching, and you like him? 
Yeah. Yeah. I like him, and I like the banter that him and his brother had. Yeah, it got good. a little bit much after a while, but, you know, in the beginning it was funny. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought it got forced. A little you know, campy, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I was listening to, and he was an African-American uh, former officer, police officer, and up in Pensacola. And he was like, yeah, there are a couple bad seeds out there. There yeah. are a couple bad apples out there. Yeah. But we need the police. But we need the police to be properly trained and and But do you think that they're they're being uh they're being used as a tool for too many problems to be solved? Right now there if you listen to you know the, the recent shooting, okay, there's no the way that Atlanta. guy Yeah, there's no way that guy should have died. No fucking way. And it should have been a crime. Absolutely. You agree with the felony murder charge? No. That? Okay. That, and I don't agree with the aggravated assault on the other guy who stood by. Okay. So the other, the other officer was charged with an aggravated assault because as the guy was down on the ground, he put his, you know, his, oh, I don't even know that. his foot on his shoulder. Okay. Okay. So I don't agree with, with the felony murder because I am not a cop, but I've been in fights before and your adrenaline just kicks up. Yeah. And you can't control it. Yeah. You know, and you're in a I, dynamic situation. I mean, you know, there's and a it's lot just of like, stuff going on. And they were talking, and you know, the 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 uh, I guess the the attorney in charge, attorney general, or district attorney, whoever you, it was in Georgia, was saying, "Well, you know, um, what's who's the guy who died, Marshall, or what, what's his name?" Oh, uh, George Floyd no. or Rayshard Brooks. Brooks. Yeah. Okay, so Brooks was calm, you know, and he didn't put on a fight, and he was cooperative and stuff like that. But you know what? The point that he wasn't calm when he started fighting with the officers and grabbed the taser and started running away, that was a recipe for disaster. Right. So don't stand up in the middle of, you know, the nation watching you and saying we're charging this guy. And part of the reason we're charging this guy is that, uh, you know, he was calm mm -hmm. and he was cooperative. No, motherfucker. He was combative. He grabbed the taser. Should he die? Absolutely not. Yeah. Should the officer be charged with a felony? Absolutely. Second degree, just like the other guy. Yeah. You know, uh, in, many, in Minneapolis. But felony murder, death penalty, I don't see it happening. Yeah. I don't yeah. see it happening. And the other guy, you know, these officers, they're under a lot of stress when it comes to other people fighting against them. You know, there's no way that that guy in Buffalo should have been pushed to the ground like that. Yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. There's no way that that one lady should have been ripped out of the car yeah. and tased while in the car because yeah. she's driving her car through the riot. I mean, yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely. Why are only African-American people, when there was a time in Tampa, African-Americans with no backlight on their bicycle were being pulled over. Yeah. You know how many times there was a white guy riding their bike up and down Bayshore with no backlight right. not being pulled over? Right. So definitely there was racial profiling right. out there. And it needs to stop. Yeah. So, yes, this is going to cause it, at least America, a little bit to wake up and it stops. I hope, I hope to some degree they kind of look at the Me Too movement, and not to say that they're equal, but one of the things that I think you saw with the Me Too movement is it went too far in the other direction. And so I'm hoping maybe with the regulation of the police, everybody can admit, yeah, there's work to be done. There's changes that need to be made, but also not go to the, you know, to the far other end of the spectrum where it's just ridiculousness with charges and all these things. And it's hard to be in moderation. And you see this in law. Like I remember uh, 
dependency work before who was the kid that died or what was the big case that changed how dependency was done here in Florida? You know what I'm talking about, though. Mm -hmm. Like it went from no one really being involved in it to now it's like you walk in the courtroom and there's a guardian ad litem. There's an, a guardian ad litem attorney. There's an attorney ad litem. There's a child protective investigator. Oh, yeah. there's, there's so much shit going. And it's like walking the middle road is, is the hardest road, I think, to walk. It's much easier to be a fringe extreme person one way or the other. How about thinking about things philosophical and not having, yeah. not having you know, a Democrat and a Republican? Yeah. Not having it a black and a white. How about having people that are rational and can come up with a solution that maybe works for most people or right. smart or, you know, why, why does COVID, for example, have to be a matter of, you know, why do we have to be polarized? Right. There's obviously a universal answer. It obviously worked for South Korea. It obviously worked for um, New Zealand. It, uh, when you have a united front with people listening and doing the right thing, why does it have to be a battle? Oh, we've had plenty of tests. People can get any test they want. Yeah. Fuck no, sir. <laughs> yeah. We can't get the tests. <laughs> Fortunately, you know what it's taken me to get the test? I'm having my ass probed. So three days before I have my ass probed, I get to have we've a test. We've talked way more about your ass than I expected. That today. that actually goes, you know, that I talk a lot about that. Well, but anyway, you know, it does. There needs to be philosophical solutions. Yeah. Okay. So when you surround yourself, when Trump surrounds himself with with sycophants, mm -hmm. okay, and people that are only going to say yes, yes to his crazy dealings, you're going to get bad solutions. Right. I'm not going to. I'll pull Obama, but he surrounded himself. With people that are actually knowledgeable. I love so, that clip at the beginning of the Stacey Abrams absolutely. interview. I hadn't listened to that in a while, but it was as salient and as on point. And it's just, I know people get pissed off, and I, I, he's not perfect. You know, Brian Camarino will go all into the drones and all that other shit. Yeah, but and philosophically speaking, at he least he was a good man. Yeah. He tried to do he the tried. Good thing. Yeah, I mean, he tried. It's a horrible job. Horrible it's job. like being Julie Holt's job. It's the worst fucking job in Tampa. I yeah. say it every time. Yeah. It's a horrible job. Yeah. So you try to do the best that you can. As president, you try to do the best that you can. It's not about being reelected. Yeah. The only thing that Trump is concerned about right now is being reelected. Yeah. So how are you supposed to cure? A fucking problem. We went from oh, there's only 15 deaths, don't only 15, like no, not, not 15 000. cases. Yeah. Excuse me, there's only 15 cases. That's offshore. We're okay. Yeah. Now we have 115,000 deaths. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and we're leading the world. Congratulations. Yeah. But with the with the Black Lives Matter movement, it, it's about time that people wake up and see what's going on. Yeah. I'm talk. I'm white. Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, speak for anybody else. You know, yeah, were my people prosecuted? Persecuted? Yeah, I wasn't. You know, my people were, and that's wrong. Right. Am I, was I, have I been racially profiled before? Like, been called bad things? Have I gotten to fights over it before? Like, in upstate New York? Mm -hmm. You know, when someone made an offhanded comment about Jews? I have, and yeah. I've been kicked out of bars over it. Yeah. But the bottom line is, I don't know what it's like to walk in those shoes. Yeah. So what am I going to do? I'm going to defer to somebody who does. If I'm president, or if I'm mayor, or if I'm governor, I'm going to surround myself with a group of people think tank. That knows what's going on right. in there. And, yeah. So Biden should pick somebody who's going to have some type of input into the situation right. and not just some sycophant. And that's not some guy who just hates all gays and thinks God's going to cure everything. Yeah. You know, Pray we the need gay away. Right. We need to have somebody in there who's practical. His cabinet. And, and, and Biden's going to do it. You know why Biden's going to do it? It's because he has he's surrounded by people that's going to make him do it. Make him do it, yeah. You know, the president is just a mouthpiece. Reagan was a fine president. 
But do you think those were his independent ideas? No. no he was surrounded by basically political geniuses at the time. Yeah. Now, there's others that are going to argue with me because I was very young and I maybe not appreciate some of the right-wing conservative things that he did. But what I do appreciate is that he unified the nation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we fought the Russians. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. But no, but I'm just saying. Sure. That he, he gave it a unifying front. Right. Okay, the same way that Bill Clinton did. Okay? The same way that, you know, the great presidents do. Yeah. And, you know... The, I hope we have another one because, uh, you know, for my kids' sake... I, I You know, my kids have had a... You know, my daughter is too young to know Obama, even though she was born during his last term. And, you know, I she, I, she has asked me about Trump now, and I don't know what to tell her about him. Like, you know, I don't know what's appropriate to say, but uh, it's definitely a bummer. It's exhausting. It is. It is. No, it's absolutely a- exhausting watching the news. It's It's exhausting thinking about... You know, one problem to the next. That's what Matt Lundy. That's what Matt Lundy said, and it was it was such a simple sentiment, but it was a great one. It's like, remember when you didn't think about this stuff? You know, like I CNN can't... is fucking loving it. Yeah, Fox News is loving it. Yeah. MSNBC, they're all loving yeah. it. Yeah, like, like you didn't I said, think about it. You it's talked, like we would talk about what the Bulls did last night. It's or like we breaking talking... news. Yeah. Breaking news. It's like, oh, what's breaking news? Trump denies he did anything wrong. How is that fucking breaking <laughs> yeah. news? Yeah. You know, but they are loving it because it builds ratings. Yeah. We are fucking lambs. Yeah. That's all we are. Yeah. So the only way that I'm going to believe something is true is if I can see it, smell it, taste it, prove it. Yeah. You know, otherwise, am I going to watch it? Yes, because it's the only game in town to watch. Right, right. You know what I mean? But it's the only sport being played right now. You know, but when it, but the, 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 the true people are the actors. You know, the, the, act, the ones that are acting, not the actors. Yeah. But the ones that are acting on things. Yeah. You know, that's why that interview with Stacey Abrams, you know, she's fucking giving it a shot. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. You know, she's giving it a shot. And I I mean, I was truly impressed. Me too. And you heard her speech at the end. Yeah. Like this was Mark Marin, WTF, Stacey Abrams. Her speech at the end was unbelievable. I was on my bike, yeah. right? I'm on a 50-mile bike ride. Yeah. And I started out with WTF, you know, uh, Mark Marin, Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Who's one of my idols. Yeah, Love yeah, the guy. Yeah. Okay. And that was a great interview. And then I go to the Stacey Abrams and it was an even better interview. Yeah. And when she started talking about, look, I don't look the part. Yeah. I don't play the part. You know what I mean? It was just like, and she's just going to try that much harder. Right. And she's not going to give up. Right. No, it's, there's, you know? there are good people out there. There are people who can lead us out there. But we maybe gotta, she's full of shit. I don't know. Cause she well, took acting classes. I don't know. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you mean, it's like, I don't know. Well, she I, said she was an actor, but I, I truly believe she's honest. No, and, I think she, I, I feel that she meant it, but. But I don't know who he's going to choose. I well, don't know. he needs to fucking pick someone, but I was just having this conversation with Bryant yesterday is it's, it's like counting cards. Like I know that they're like this VP gets you these states, this VP gets you these states. You need these states to beat him, and it's that's what it is. That's got to be what it is. Okay, so we have Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Florida, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we have, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically the states. So, who's your best person for that? Well, I was asking uh, <laughs> my uh, guest uh, tomorrow morning. I have I have my former partner after you, and then tomorrow I have Lori Chain and I have uh, Bjorn Brunbon coming in. Oh, but nice. uh, yeah, Lori Lori thinks it's going to be Kamala, so we'll see. I don't know, I'll, I'll, any port in the storm, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, I, I look, I'm a realist, uh-huh. but I really think he can have, like, Bozo to Clown, and I think they're going to be. You think Trump. he wins with Elizabeth Warren? Um, yeah. 
He wins with Michelle Obama. Oh, I think Michelle Obama should run. Yeah, me too. (laughs) She won't, though. Why would anyone want this job? Well, why would you want to do it again to your family? Like, we did eight years of that to our family. Why? I mean, that's the thing with Hillary. It's like... I mean, but I, I, but but candidly, I don't think Hillary and Bill had the same relationship that. But <laughs> you see, and, and I can understand if it's a groundbreaking reason why you want the job. Right. Like, Obama first African American, groundbreaking, yeah. unbelievable, yeah. great, yeah, great, right? Uh, Hillary Clinton would have been the first woman. Yeah. You know, great, right. unbelievable, groundbreaking, right? Right. And you know, all these other people. So now we're we're waiting for the first woman, obviously yeah, now. Yeah. Or of like I liked Yang. I liked him. Or yeah. uh who's the other guy, the the gay guy that spoke like seven languages and was an army vet? Oh, Buttigieg. Yeah. yeah. I can't pronounce his name, but yeah, Buttigieg. Eh, you know, eh, eh. Again, any port of the storm. No. I, I, I ordered don't know. my I ordered my my anyone but Trump signs to put in my Yeah, I I think that guy, you know, from he doesn't have the background yet. Yeah, you know, yeah. being a mayor of a small town. I you know, I just don't think he he was he's ready for that platform. Right, right. Smart guy. I don't think he's ready for that platform. Right. Like the same thing going on with like I, I think DeSantis. Yeah. You know what he's doing in Florida right now. Yeah. He has his good moments and he has his bad moments, but I don't think necessarily he's doing that bad of a job. Yeah. First of all, there's no winning this COVID thing. Yeah. No. There are yeah, there are no yeah, right answers. Gonna, yeah. There's no right answers. Right. You know, are you going to be like Cuomo in that situation in New York? Absolutely. Hospitals were being overrun, right? They couldn't have the capacity, and he didn't know where it was going to lead to. Right. So you're going to plan for the worst, and he was great. Yeah. However, hospital workers in upstate New York were losing their jobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of what was going on. So there was no right or there was no, you know, winning in well, that situation. Tough. And that's, you know, a lot of people say, are you going to send your kids to school in the fall? And I was like... The fall is eight years away to me. Like, who knows where we're going to be in August? You know, like, I, I, I wouldn't even try to venture a guess. And, are I mean, if they open up the schools, then you're going to send your kid there. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Are they going to have to wear masks? Maybe. They're not going to. You know, I... I try to put a mask on my son to take him to get his hair cut. And he <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what... I don't know where it's going to lead, right. but there's really with with this whole thing, there's no right answer. There's no with with a lot of the issues that are causing you know stress in our world right now. There are just two strong sides to the equation, right? And unfortunately, you know, wherever you fall, you know you're gonna when you read Facebook and stuff like that. Wherever you fall on that, well, we need to stay closed. Well, we need to open, and I'll tell you why. Well, we need to stay closed because I'll tell you why. Well, we need to support the police because I'll tell you why. Well, they're, you know, we need Black Lives Matter and People's Lives Matter, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. You know, the same things with, like, the arguments with abortion, things, same arguments with euthanasia. Same, there's no, seriously, it's an opinion, and there's no right answer. Now, with Black Lives Matter, there's clearly a right answer. No one needs to be killed. Yeah. You know what I mean? No yeah. one needs to be, you know, treated that way, discriminated against. That's the right answer. But how are we going to cure the problem? That's where the, the, the falls on the right and the left. I like I like the idea of reimagining what a police force is. Absolutely. Not, I don't, the, the, Absolutely. you know, I was saying with Brian yesterday, I was talking to my buddy Greg last night. I think they need to rebrand, defund the police because it doesn't have the ring to it that it should. I don't think it. 
And it's the same with the Second Amendment. But don't take our guns away. It's like, no one wants to fucking take your guns away. Defund the police. No one's trying to get rid of the police. It's just saying, why don't we reimagine what it could be, you know? Okay. And, and then everyone needs to behave. Well, there's fantasy and there's reality. <laughs> I, think that, I think that there is room for improvement within the realm of you reality. Know, there are people on the right side of this equation who I grew up with and everything like that. And they will tell you, well, the motherfucker wouldn't have died if he would have behaved. Yeah. Well, the motherfucker wouldn't yeah. if they, yeah. you know, they commit crimes. But when, you, when you're a defense attorney, when you're a human being, when you have a heart, mm -hmm. when you can see things, you it know. It shouldn't equate to your death. Right. Yeah. It, you it, know, it has, I don't know who needs to hear this, but maybe if you don't screw around, look, the police I support the police, and I support people to be treated fairly. Yeah. So what does that yeah, make yeah. me? If I support the police and I support people to be treated, treated fairly, what does that Satan. mean? Right. That means that I want a solution that's going to work for everyone. Right. All right. I support businesses being open and I support people earning money, but I also support that this disease shouldn't be, this virus shouldn't be spread. Right. So yeah. <laughs> where does that put me? Right. Yeah. You know, I support that. I don't want all my money going to taxes and stuff like that. But I also support people that can't really help themselves. We need, need to help them. Government to help them. They're <laughs> moderate. You know, so yeah. I mean, that that's the way. That's the way a smart person should be. Right. Well, you're a smart person. I'm just saying there, but there needs to be a philosophical solutions. Well, maybe to this, you but know. there isn't. Because yeah. logistically speaking, we are we are a divided nation. We are a republic with little states. You yeah. know, and each state has their own. And even within those states, they have their own philosophy. You know, Florida is fucked up. Let's yeah. face it. We're a melting pot. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming by. This was great. It took too long for me to get you in, but hopefully you'll come back again soon because I feel like we could probably do about three or four more of these. Uh, I'll come in anytime you want. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We can, we can do an issue per show. Well, you know, I... I I tell you, this was a big day because yeah. of the colonoscopy. Your ass. Yeah, you got your and, ass and it's a big, big week because of my six years sober. But right. it's also big because we finally did finally this. Finally did it. Thank you so much you for know, coming in. I appreciate you. Hopefully, people will enjoy it. They will. And you are my hero. All right. One of them, anyway. And I appreciate you as well, man. All right. Keep up the fight. All right. You too.